Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. A Series of Unfortunate Events, Chapter 11. How pleasant that you could join us, the hooked hand man said, sick with his sickly, sweet voice. Violet immediately tried to scurry back down the rope, but Count Olaf's assistant was too quick for her. In one movement, he hoisted her into the tower room and with a flick of his hook sent her rescue device clanging to the ground. Now, Violet was trapped with as her was as trapped as her sister oh i'm so glad you're here the hook-handed man said i was just thinking about how much i wanted to see your pretty face have a seat what are you going to do with me asked violet i said have a seat the hen hook-handed man snarled and pushed her into a chair Violet looked around the dim and messy room. I'm certain that over the course of your own life, you've noticed that people's rooms reflect their personality. In my room, for instance, I've gathered a collection of objects that are important to me, including a dusty accordion in which I can play a few sad songs, a large bundle of notes on the activities of the Baudelaire orphans, and a blurry image taken a very long time ago of a woman whose name is Beatrice. These are items that are very precious and dear to me. The tower room held objects that were very dear and precious to Count Olaf, and they were terrible things. There were old scraps of paper on which his, he had written his evil ideas and his inintelligible scrawl lying in messy piles on top of the nuptial law he had taken away from Klaus. There were a few chairs and handfuls of candles which were giving off flickering shadows. Littered all over the floor, there were empty wine bottles and dirty dishes, but most of all, there were drawings and paintings and carvings of eyes, big and small, all over the room. There were eyes painted on the ceiling and scratched into the grimy wood floors. There were eyes scrawled along the windowsill and one big eye painted in the knob of the door that led to the stairs. It was a terrible place. The hook-handed man reached into the pocket of his greasy overcoat and pulled out a walkie-talkie. With some difficulty, he had pressed a button and waited Waited a moment. Boss, it's me, he said. Your blushing bride just climbed up here and tried to rescue the biting brat. He paused as Count Olaf said something. I don't know, with some sort of a rope. It was a grappling hook, Violet said. As she tore off the sleeve of her nightgown to make a bandage for her shoulder, I made it myself. You have to say she's pretty resourceful. Make a a grappling hook. Mom. (laughs) She says it's a grappling hook, the hook-handed man said into the walkie-talkie. I don't know, boss. Yes, boss. Yes, boss, of course I understand. She's yours. Yes, boss. He pressed a button to disconnect the line and then turned to face Violet. Count Olas is very displeased with his bride. I'm not his bride, Violet said bitterly. Very soon you will be, the hook-handed man said, wagging his hook the way most people do with the finger. In the meantime, however, I have to go fetch your brother. The three of you will be locked into this room until night falls. Until night falls. That way, Count Olaf can be sure that you'll stay out of mischief. 
With that, the hook-handed man stomped out of the room. Violet heard the door lock behind him and then listened to his footsteps fading away down the stairs. She immediately went over to Sunny and put a hand out on her little head, afraid to untie or untape her sister for fear of incurring, a word which means bringing about Count Olaf's wrath. Violet stroked Sunny's hair and murmured that everything was all right. But of course, everything was not all right. Everything was all wrong. As the first light of the morning trickled into the tower room, Violet reflected on all of these awful feelings and she and her siblings had experienced recently. Their parents had died suddenly and horribly. Mr. Poe bought them ugly clothing. They had to move into Count Olaf's house. They had moved into Count Olaf's house and they were being treated terribly. Mr. F- Poe had refused to help them. They had discovered a fiendship plot involving a m- marrying Violet and stealing the Baudelaire fortune. Klaus tried to confront Olaf with knowledge that he learned in Justice Strauss's library had failed. Poor Sonny had been captured now. Violet had tried to rescue Sonny and found herself captured as well. All in all, the Baudelaire orphans had encountered a cat- cat- catastrophe after catastrophe, and Violet found their situation laminately deplorable. A phrase here which means not at all enjoyable. And I don't know if you guys can hear, but I don't think I even noticed because we're so used to it. Our dog Oreo is snoring in the background. (laughs) The sounds of footsteps coming up the stairs brought Violet out of her thoughts, and soon the hand hook hand man opened the door and thrust a very tired confused okay hooky confused and scared klaus into the room here's the last orphan hooky said the hooked hand man said and now i must go help count olaf with the final preparations for tonight's performance no monkey business you two or i'll have you tied up and let you dangle in the window as well glaring at them he locked the door again and tromped downstairs Klaus blinked and looked around this filthy room. He was still in his pajamas. What has happened? He asked Violet. What are we up to here? Why are we up here? I tried to rescue Sunny, Violet said, using an invention of mine to climb up the tower. Klaus went over to the window and looked down at the ground. It's so high up, he said. You must have been terrified. I was very scared, she admitted, but not as, not as scary as the thought of marrying Count Olaf. I'm sorry that your invention didn't work, Klaus said sadly. The invention worked fine, Violet said, rubbing her shoulder. I just caught, got caught, and now we're doomed. The hook-hand man said he'd keep us here until tonight, and then it's the marvelous marriage. Do you think that you could invent something that would help us escape? Klaus asked, looking around the room. Maybe, said Violet, and, and why don't you go through those books and papers? Perhaps there's some information that could be of use. For the next few hours, Violet and Klaus searched the room for their own minds of anything that might help them. Violet looked for objects in which she could invent something. Klaus read through some of Count Olaf's papers and books from time to time. They would go over to Sunny and smile at her and pat her on the head to reassure her. Occasionally, Violet and Klaus would speak to each other, but mostly they were silent, lost in their own thoughts. If only we had kerosene, Violet said, around noon. I could make mold, mold, 
I never had know how to say that. Molotov cocktails in these bottles. What are Molotov cocktails? Klaus asked. They're small bombs made inside bottles, Violet explained. We could throw them out the window and attract the attention of passerby. But we don't have any kerosene, Klaus said mournfully. They were silent for several hours. If we were polygamous, Klaus said, Count Olaf's marriage plan couldn't work. What are polygamists, Violet said. Polygamists are people who marry more than one person. Polygamists are breaking the law, and even if they've married in the presence of the judge with the statement of I do and sign the documents in their hands, I read it here in nuptial law. But we're not polygamists, Violet said mournfully. While they sat there in silence for several they sat there in silence for several more hours. We could break these bottles in half, Violet said, and use them as knives, but I'm afraid that Count Olaf's troop would overpower us. You could say that I don't I don't instead of I do, Klaus said, but I'm afraid Count Olaf would order Sunny dropped off the tower. It, I certainly would, Count Olaf said. Then the children jumped. They had been so involved in their conversation that they hadn't even heard him come up the stairs and open the door. He was wearing a fancy suit, and his one eyebrow had been waxed so it looked as shiny as his eyes. Behind him stood the one, the hooked hand man who smiled and waved at the at, waved a hook at the youngsters. Come, orphans, Count Olaf said. It is time for the big event. My associate here will stay behind in this room, and we will keep in constant contact through our walkie-talkies. If anything goes wrong during tonight's performance, your sister will be dropped to her death. Come along now. Violet and Klaus looked at each other, and then Sunny, still dangling in the cage, folded, followed Count Olaf out the door. As Kla- Klaus walked down the stairs... The tower stairs, he felt a very heavy sinking in his heart as all hope left him. There there truly seemed to be no way out of this predicament. Violet was feeling the same way until she reached with her right hand and grasped the banister for balance. She looked at her right hand for a second and began to think. All the way down the stairs out the door, the short walk down to the block to the theater, Violet thought and thought and thought and thought harder than she had in her entire life.